hashtag Black Oscars. We have a team of four black nerds. First one is, uh, oh, uh, introduce yourselves. Who's first? Okami. I am Okami. Hello, everyone. I go by J Rob. No. Uh, hello, everybody. Of course, everybody knows me as Johnny Silvercloud. The soul brother and I'm one of a kind. The vicious, I'm, normally I'm the vicious abolitionist. Now I am the, you know, photographer, movie buff, fighting game, video gamer, Destiny player, PlayStation owner, Marvel Comics fan guy. That's me. So for those who are used to uh, the serious nature of uh, Afro Sapio Fowl Podcast Network, this, this podcast here is more so centered on entertainment. We had a... Uh, pilot episode so to speak back when we did uh fighting games back when we were with another uh network system so here you have us hashtag black oscars and today we're going to discuss luke cage and um luke cage is a very exciting so it 2016 is a very exciting year for um for fans of luke cage man i mean because he has a new show here and um with that being said we're going to um, discuss a lot on the show. We're going to discuss um, what we like about the show or dislike. Or, or without, we're going to duck and dodge spoilers, of course. We're going to talk about black heroes, significance, whatnot. The white response, Luke Cage. Black women and the actor's wife. And the future to come. So with that being said, let's start with uh, three ups and three downs. What you, uh, what everybody like about um, or dislike about the Luke Cage show. Uh, drone. No, Gary, you go first. Drone, you go last. Okay. Um, uh, three ups. Um, one of the one of the ups is, is the soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> the soundtrack is is is, is awesome. It, it it really it's apologetically hip hop, but at the same time, it, anybody can listen to it. It's 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 a it's a show it's a soundtrack. It's like if you're listening to watching the show and they're playing. Um, you know, a lot of times they play classical music or something like that, or levels of rock music, and it gets you into the mood of the show, or the tone, and they use the beats and the hip hop beats and stuff like that. They match the tone of what's going on in the show, and it's done perfectly and amazingly. Um, uh, as a, a comic book aficionado, like I, I, I was never a hardcore Luke Cage reader, but I always respected him, and I got into it. I, and I read everything I could on. I had an uncle who who collected, and I would when I would go over his house, I would um just make a beeline straight for it where he kept his comic books. And that's how I, I pretty much educated myself. I'm an X Men guy mostly, or as, as far as Marvel, I'm, I'm not a Marvel or DC person, uh, uh, like hardcore one way. I'm always I've always been both. But as far as my Marvel reading, it's been Batman or whatever on on DC. But it's been Marvel for Marvel. It's been X Men. And I, but I read a lot of Luke Cage though, and it, they do a pretty good job of like, you know, pulling Luke Cage into 2016. It, it feels, for him to come from, to, to first make his appearance in Jessica Jones and then to kind of transition to his own show, it's, 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 it's seamless, it's natural, and it feels right. It doesn't feel forced or anything. Like it, every, each show had its own tone, and even that is done well. So that's that's pretty much, and the, and the dialogue, it's like, it's, it's, it's 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 the same type of dialogue you would see 
I mean, people talk anyway. They they drop in bombs and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's not like a black show. It's like black show, but it's like white people should be able to enjoy it too. Spanish people should be able to enjoy it too. Especially if you live in those areas, you should be able to definitely enjoy. It. Or you you have uh, urban friends or whatever. But I think anybody should be able to. And if you're a comic book fan, you should just enjoy it hands down. Anyway. Okay. Um, I'll start on mine. Hold up. You have any uh, um, downs? Um. As far as not really, no. All right. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Our subtle mind, um, we're going to have uh, J Rob go last because he's the Luke Cage. He's the Luke Cage expert for us on uh, one stage. So here's mine. Uh, one, one like, one up will be the sound score. Um, the sound score goes back to black exploitation um, film genre and stuff like that. And uh, the last time we've seen something this beautiful, at least for me, was uh, the old black dynamite cartoon. That mm-hmm. starred you know, Michael Jai White and uh, a few other uh, black actors, and whatnot, and um, it was really beautiful. But the difference between Black Dynamite the cartoon and Luke Cage uh, the show is that Black Dynamite the cartoon they dug they crate dug back to pre-existing um, beats and tunes and stuff from that era. While while Luke Cage with the sound score they um, they listed in the likes of uh, Reza. Uh, of Wu-Tang Clan and um, I might be saying their name wrong but Adrian Adrian Lunge or Adrian 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 Lounge whatever they're called Adrian Young you, you know um, they're this group of uh, beat makers who make a lot of um, so like some old school black exploitation sounding stuff and I have a lot of I actually have a ton of their instrumentals that are also featured on the show and as a matter of fact i used to feature a lot of their stuff on my own show on the soul brother number one of kind so i'm very excited that these guys got picked up for um a very much uh near mainstream um thing so sound score scores one number two would be the environment is a very is a living environment and what i mean by that is that sometimes Sometimes, you know, the environment of a movie is just there. Like, say, Rocky is in, he's from Philly in Philly, the end. And we don't really feel Philly. But when you see the movie Creed, you feel Philly. You feel, you, you know, it's, it, the environment becomes living, breathing, and stuff like that. And um, I love that. It feels like, I, I, like I'm visiting Harlem when he's walking down the street. When, when we're walking down the street with Luke Cage, I'm, you're visiting Harlem with him. It is not the same thing as uh, how uh, some movies and some TV shows go, where they're from here, but you don't really feel it. Like uh, I think of the Cosby Show. Where, where are the Cosby Show supposed to be from? New Jersey or New York or something like that. I think that was I think that was Philly too. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it doesn't feel like Philly. It just that's just the environment, whatever you know. Um, the Wire was really good with that. So um, you have elements of The Wire in regards to in the in the living environment that uh, Luke Cage has. Number three would be the uh, character, the character action. I like the fact that Luke Cage actually just, you know, for a person with superhuman strength, you would think that like, how is what is he what what does he do as a crime fighter, so to speak? What he does is practically cherry taps people. And um, cherry tapping is this concept we uh, that we as video gamers know of when you use like the weakest the weakest move in your in the move list to uh, incapacitate or knock out 
a character. As a matter of fact, Jerome probably, Jerome probably remember this one. Back when they had the old Street Fighter Alpha series, you hit somebody with the weak, you finish somebody off the weakest punch or kick, you see like a little bit of like a little cherry icon on the uh, side over there from the victory icon. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Luke Cage, he actually cherry taps people. Um, he would just walk up and just like like pluck them in the head, just pop them, and they just fall down. It's really funny because he does not really have to exert himself too much to um, get his point across. I really do. I really do like that that level of detail. He's not. He's never really going full strength. Um, yeah. One of the downs I have would be without really engaging in spoilerisms. Um, there's a character that 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 is that is missing and one like in the in one portion of the uh a villain is missing in one portion of the of the uh <clears throat> TV show and this villain villain was very much you know like Lex Luthor or so but he was able to answer the problem that Superman and Lex Luthor has how does Lex Luthor hurt Superman well this villain actually does a really good job of that and it's just like on a TV show, and um, it's deeply unfortunate that that character has not was not used more. Um, that's the only down I have. So, J. Rob, you take it. Three ups, three downs. Okay. Well, as you guys have mentioned, that soundtrack I must say is very amazing. I mean, the mood. I mean, the things that were going on in the plot and the mood that it fit, especially when. Um, he had his altercation, you know, in prison or whatnot. You can feel the downturn. Like, I, I, it clutched my heart seeing him get what happened to him during that scene. And it was like the tone of it went completely down. And, it, and, it, and I must say, they really expertly composed this soundtrack. I mean, from the opening, like that funky beat in the opening when, it's, when the show starts. It's like, dang, man, this is different from any Marvel TV show that they ever had. I mean, yes. it, it's, it fits the time perfectly. Um, another up, and I'm going to focus on the villains. Um, they did a very beautiful job of making Luke Cage's villains a, a valid threat to, to Harlem, to the streets of Harlem. I mean, in the comic books, back in the 70s, you know, they... When they made Luke Cage, they didn't. His villains didn't really contrast him too well. You know, they they were kind of funky. They were a little wacky. You know what I mean? They, it's like they didn't take it real too seriously as far as on the villain aspect of everything. I don't know. I don't know why. It's like it's like you look at Doctor Doom. You look at um, you know uh, Red Skull. You know. You look at uh, you know even. Uh, Magneto and Loki, something like that, right? right. These are all villains to these superheroes, uh, Dr. Octopus, Spider-Man. But Luke Cage didn't have that. A lot of his villains were like cookie cutter and they came one after another. Because I remember reading this and I'm like, wow, this is, you know, but in 2016, they really did a great job in making these villains a, a contrast to Luke Cage. And, and I and I am impressed by that. And, um, before you continue, I think that I th- oh no, you go ahead, go ahead, continue. I'll get back to and, you. You know, and actors, you know, you got to give it up to uh, uh, 
uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm gonna make say his name right. Uh, Cotton, uh, Mashallah Ali. Oh, he was great. <laughs> oh my God, where did he Man. come from? Well, I saw him. He used to be. He used to be in um, uh, what's the other Netflix show uh, with Kevin Spacey? He played a key role in that. Um, House of Cards. You know what he, he reminds? Left, I, I think he left House of Cards to do this show. You know. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a uh, an American. You know, as far as actor goes, he reminds me of uh, an American um, Idris Elba. He reminds yeah. me of Stringer. Specifically, he remind, his character reminds me of Stringer Bell. If you put Stringer Bell in 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 Luke Cage, that's that's this guy right here. And and for those who don't know The Wire, you, you you're just going to have to watch the show. Easy. <laughs> um, you have uh, that's all you that's all you got, uh, Jay. Any downs? Uh, yeah, uh, the down. Um, nah, I mean, I can't really think of any downs. Uh, this is a beautiful show. I mean, you guys, if you haven't seen Blue Cage yet and you're black, man, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. And if you like comic books and that superhero stuff in general, black or not, you should watch it. It's just good right. stuff. All right. Um, back to a point that that, that J. Rob made. J. Rob uh, said something about um, how back in the day they didn't really know how to do the villains for Luke Cage. And I think that when it comes to comic books, um, comic books have a do a really poor job of doing the street villains for <clears throat> the street villains for uh, the street heroes. Like say for example, Daredevil. The, the heroes, the, the villains for Daredevil weren't really all that. All you know is Kingpin. That's all you know. As a matter of fact, Kingpin is also you know him as uh, if you know Luke Cage. Kingpin is also the main one of the main villains for Luke Cage as well. So all you know is Luke Cage. I mean, all you know is uh, Kingpin. You don't know all these other secondary and tertiary characters of uh, Daredevil. And, and the reason being is that back then they didn't know how to do the street um, the street villains. Because I believe back then, back in that time, those who were uh, writing writing the strip and uh, drawing comics back then, they're not from the street like that. So now since you have, um, now since we have these TV shows, and we have TV shows that, that have shown the way um, i.e. it's going to be brought up a whole lot I'm sorry The Wire <laughs> you have these TV shows that show folks how to do street villains and stuff like that so <clears throat> so since you have since we live in a post The Wire era you have these these shows like Jessica Jones which I've never seen yet Daredevil which does a really great job and now, now Luke Cage and now all of a sudden Marvel Marvel's doing a, a fantastic job of showing showing out these these street villains because let's, let's face it the villains that Daredevil faces and Luke Cage faces are not like uh, Loki they're not they're not Loki Magneto Apocalypse level uh, characters they're not causing world domination not or world destruction they're not doing that so these neighborhood or hood villains man. Um, it, feel, it feels it feels so it feels so good that they're finally um, giving these folks bad love and um, showing them correctly. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. Yeah. So, what's your take on that, Jerome? Think uh, think fair on that assessment there? That was a very cool assessment. They're doing a very they're doing a better job displaying street level villains that are actual threats than they did back then. Yeah, I would give a big shout out on the fact that this uh, show is not white. It's not whitewashed. 
Um, that is one of my uh, like invisible likes. You know, it's very possible to um, to uh, just lose Luke Cage in the whole. Matter of fact, we're we'll getting that later. Let's talk about um, Black Hero significance, man. Um, you know, Luke Cage is not the first black superhero. He's the, as far as Marvel Comics is concerned, he's a black superhero. First one to have his own comic, who was not, not exactly attached to any other characters and stuff. His relationship with Daredevil and, uh, and Moon Knight and Iron Fist, they are, they are, they have been secondary, tertiary. They're not the main reason why he exists. You know, one of my favorite uh, superheroes, probably my the favorite superhero of Johnny is uh, War Machine. War Machine is known of the Iron Man. Uh, he's from the Iron Man uh, his social circles, comic book social circles, so to speak. And um, he's, he's he's really awesome and amazing, but he's attached to Iron Man. Even when he had his own uh, comic book, uh, they didn't really know how to do it, you know. Um, it's really ups- it's really frustrating. I have I have the uh, the novel, the gra- the graphic novel of uh, War Machine's comics right over there in that bookshelf, and it's like, you know, they, they the writing of it was the writing was garbage. And that's another point I was going to make. When usually when when these I don't know too much about the inner workings of the comic book industry, but I do know that usually when they have like a new writer or a poo butt writer, a third card, you know, a D-level writer, they're going to throw them at books like War Machine or Luke Cage and stuff like that. They're not going to throw these guys at X-Men or uh, Avengers or, 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 you know, like the Spider-Man. No, you're not going to write a Spider-Man, dude. You're going to be writing for this cast right here because you garbage, you whack. So... Greatly, I feel like now it's the time. I mean, there have been attempts in the past to give you know characters of color. You know, it's been few and far between. There have been little flickers. I just feel like now is the time where things can start really happening. Like some timing is everything. Like I said, we got one of, the, one of a great writer, Brian Michael Bendis, who's you know he was a, he's an X Men writer, Spider Man writer, who's who mainly writing for. Um, Miles Morales, the character he created, which is you know Ooh, yeah. essentially the Black Spider-Man. But um, like, what well, Jerome would definitely remember, uh, J. Rob would definitely remember. Um, there was uh, years ago, there was an attempt at a group of collected heroes known as the Crew. Yeah, and um, they were because I, I don't remember, I don't recall, but War Machine was in it. Uh, well, as, you know, as, as he was as Jim Rhodes, he was in it. Um, I don't know if they was going to bring in Luke Cage later, um, but they had a lot of the minority characters in it. Um, and there's a character named who, uh, Casper Cole, who was like attached to Black Panther, who was in. It. I mean, they was they was, it, it, like I feel like if they did it now, and if they did a show like that based on like the way they wrote uh, <laughs> the Luke Cage show, it would be amazing. Like it would be, it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like like that at the time it it just wasn't people weren't ready for it or whatever. And you know yeah. now now people have uh-huh. you know now. I don't know. Now it's more socially acceptable to, you know, I guess being the geek culture and stuff like that. So more and more people are kind of like access to this kind of stuff. So oh, yeah. I don't know. What's yeah. your, uh, what's your take on that? Um, yeah. So 
you know, that, that you're right. 2016, with everything happening with, uh, with, with uh, we're being socially conscious now, mm-hmm. so more than ever. Um, so now would actually be time for uh, writers to start bringing minority heroes in the forefront, um, like the crew. That was a great concept. And as far as uh, bringing yeah. team together, um, like you said, uh, bringing War Machine into the picture, which unfortunately, uh, which they can still do because he's not exactly dead in the Marvel view. Uh, as far as the movie's concerned, I mean, I agree. It could really work. Um, think about minority heroes. Is um, A lot of people are afraid when they step out of the stereotype um, because I know this is branching onto another subject, but you know, one thing that I see uh, was a lot of people saying about the Luke Cage show was that he was too stoic and he was too, um, how do you say, proper and he wasn't the, the, the funk, Chuck and Jock and funk man that he was back in the 70s, you know, and as uh, boisterous, you know what I mean? And I and I was like, that's good because right, right. We, you know, we need more. I mean, we need more serious, you know, black superheroes. He doesn't need to be a stereotype. Nah. No. With that being said, um, one must also realize that there was white folks writing his stuff back then. So Luke Cage, essentially, like when you when you when you read his words, they're from a white dude. So technically. <laughs> So technically, it was like a white dude was speaking for for, for Luke Cage. So right. of course, that's I mean, it's almost like blackface in itself. Of course, yeah. they don't really understand um, what it means to be black, whatever else. So they're not going to they're going to over exaggerate, right? You know, but, and, and plus, and plus, oh, this, this is actually you saying that that you remind me of something. I remember when I was working uh, at one of my old jobs. Um, this person asked me, um, and she was she was an Asian girl. And uh, she just asked me in passing because we were we got we were starting to get pretty close close friends. But she was just inquiring. She's like, you know, do y'all you know do black people be saying like nigga please and stuff like that? <laughs> and stuff like that. I mean, because you just don't know, like it, you don't really know the language, and it, you see it in little movies and here and there. Sometimes white people write it. Sometimes black people write stuff, and it's just people just don't really know how people really talk sometimes. And that did a good job of showing how people really talk. Like the N word was used, it wasn't overly used, but I also felt yeah. like as proper as Luke was, he didn't seem out of place. He was just nah, a black dude. He, 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 he knew how- it Feels that, like me. Feels like- <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He, he, he knew how to talk, he knew how to talk to talk long, but he knew how to talk to that old man on the corner street, you know. He 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 just was he just was proper. Like I, there are a lot there are a lot more black people like that than not. Oh yeah, yeah folks understand because when I go back home, I'm in Arizona right now, and for those folks who for those who have not been following my show, I'm from Washington DC. Um when I go back home, and I talk to folks, uh the common folks that's on the streets out there, uh folks who live there who who are who are either stuck either by choice or, or whatever whatever it may be they're they're there right they're part of the dc environment i talk to them i talk to them as i am i don't talk to i don't switch up code i don't do that i, re, I actually kind of refuse so with that being said one might wonder 
is that dangerous? Is that dangerous being an intelligent or well, you know, worldly black dude walking back into the hood and you're talking to folks about social political stuff or stuff that folks might deem over their heads, might piss people off? Nah, they respect me as is. I'm 35 years old. They they see me as a as a as a uh, a career man. They see me as a a professional of some sort. So they don't really expect me to 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 sound literally like a hood dude. They can see my demeanor, I guess, like how I how I you know feel myself and flow. They can see that I'm from DC, but I sound as I sound. I, there's this. Well, that being said, there's this. Um, it's not, I don't want to say stereotype, but there's this this idea that being an intelligent black man is it's not exactly it's not exactly well accepted in um in the hood. And that's totally false. It's totally false. So let's 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 kill that one right here, you know, for Luke Cage and everyone else out there. Um being an intelligent black dude, you know, a career dude, whatever a professional black man, whatever may, woman, whatever it may be. You're totally accepted in the hood. No one actually questions, as an adult especially, no one ever ever really questions your hood card or or get upset, get frustrated because you sound different than everyone else. They don't do that. So it's totally possible. It's, it, it is realistic that Luke Cage exists as is in Harlem as the intelligent, educated black man. You know, when he was in prison, they, they kind of like lampshaded that. They had the the prison psycho psychologist. She's digging. She's looking at him, digging him, and stuff like that. It's like he's a whole lot different than these, these other guys up in here. Right. Well, that's true. There's folks that are like that for real. There's people in prison right now for real that is like that. They're different than all the other prisoners up in there, and it's so it's understood. It is understood, and it's accepted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel in the silence. I, I'm, I'm drinking here. No, no. I, I'm just, <laughs> it's good dialogue. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of yeah. blown away. Yeah, man, it really blows me how folks really do think that. And, it, you know, um, in my profession as is, there's folks who, who kind of hold on to their hood stuff. So they all like, you know, like this, like that. And, you know, and it's like, uh, you really know. And they're like, oh, man, you lost your hood card. It's like... Like okay, where you're from? You're from Dothan, Alabama. You're from uh, you're from Atlanta. You're from these other places, but you're not from DC, though. So you're not you're not from where I'm from. So how can you say that I lost my hood card? You're not even from my hood. <laughs> you know, so so it's like Luke Cage. I'm not from Harlem, but Luke Cage can totally exist as is. There's people like that that are but, uh, a little more reticent for like you but, know deep in thought that exists. Right, and it's crazy. It's crazy to me how some people found that boring. They found that not okay. Once again, you know, um, it's the first season. Um, when I first got to twenty four, I watched season two. I watched season two. And that's when I first got to twenty four. You know, the Jack Bauer Power Hour. You know, which don't really feel the same after Obama got elected and you know, the, the like the Bush era was over with when Obama got elected Jack Bauer just kind of like dwindled away my, my first my first black president is David Palmer I don't know what you're talking David about. Palmer exactly exactly <laughs> the first black hero since we're talking about yeah um so it's like sometimes the first season might not exactly be the best season because they didn't grow the beard yet 
And I noticed this with multiple shows, the unit with my homeboy, David Palmer, who is also uh, Dennis Haysbert, who plays David Palmer off of, uh, off of um, 24, no 24. He plays, um, you know, Sergeant major Jonas Blaine for the unit. And um, he's another black hero. Speaking of black heroes, let's transition to um, some of these other cats out there. Um, a while back ago for the, like those who have missed out on a, uh, Okami's uh Okami stuff. You have uh Meteor Man. Meteor Man took place in nineteen ninety three. Hey, Okami, you fill in the blanks for that one right there, Meteor Man. I, I mean I mean it was it was it was comedy, but it was that and Blank Man, I mean they they were they were awesome, you know. Um I just there was a, a meme out there that that made a joke of okay, y'all basically forgot about me. I'm Meteor Man. Although technically, Luke Cage was created first. <laughs> he just <laughs> he wasn't on TV at the time. But shout out to Robert Townsend for always you know trying to do stuff like that. Which that's probably why you haven't seen him in a lot of stuff because he won't put himself in any garbage. You know, he's always done stuff for the black. Yeah, people. I mean the five heartbeats. Oh God, but Meteor I mean, Man. Even what you know his sitcom and you know uh, Parenthood. You know it was it touched on a lot of those issues and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but then Black I me. Mean, even they had an episode I think about using the N word one time. So I mean, you know, shout out to the Robert Townsend. Uh, I kind of the only problem I had with Meteor Man at the end, and I'm still mad about that. That he lost his powers at the end. Like I hated that. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that, hated that as a, hated that as a child. And I hated yeah. That. <laughs> oh yeah, a shout out for uh, Bird from the Midnight Falcons. Uh, he was uh, the, the villain off of uh, Meteor Man and stuff. I will be God. <laughs> I don't know what his uh, I think his name is Roy something Roy Fagan or something like that I forgot his name but uh, but he, he'll always be Bird from the Midnight Falcons because in uh, the five R beats that's who he was too you know it's funny because Don Cheeto was in that movie too yes he was he was one of the villains in that movie he's a yeah. right hand man to uh, yeah. right hand man to uh, Bird and Midnight Falcons they had a lot of black people in that movie <laughs> a lot of yeah. stars James Earl Jones yeah, that was like an all-star cast. Bill, Bill Cosby, Marla Gibbs in it. Uh, I mean, it, uh, Luther Vandross. <laughs> Luther Vandross. Yeah. Vandross, right. You had uh, Homegirl off a 227 up in there? Yeah. Yeah, Ma Dukes from 227. Yeah, that was Marla Gibbs. She was, she was in there. Yeah. yeah. They had a lot of people in there. They had, uh, what's his name? Um, what's the comedian's name? Can't think of his name. Uh, Eddie Griffin. Yeah, Eddie Griffin. Eddie Griffin was in that. <laughs> yeah. So, as his very flawed homeboy. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love this. I would love to see a blank man too, like starring like Damian Wayne Jr. or something like that, because he's just as funny as his father. He's almost like a, a, the same person. So, the more I think yeah. about it. With all these remakes going on, do you believe that? Do you think that Meteor Man or Blank Man can be remade? Remade? I don't know about Meteor Man, but I know I don't think Blank. I don't. We talking about remade? Yeah, yeah, they can be remade. I don't know if I don't I know if remade if, Robocop. I don't, I don't need. I don't know if Me, Meteor Man be remade and be as good. I know Blank Man could definitely be, have a sequel. Like <laughs> I know that could definitely have a sequel. I'm surprised they never did it. I mean, yeah. especially especially during the superhero boom that's going on right now. It's just like that's easy money. Like, come on, <laughs> my homeboy was David Allen Greer. He's always that that right. side that side dude. 
Right. He saw the other guy in the movie Blank Man and stuff. He was far more competent and everything else than Blank Man. It's, it's, yeah, that was his older brother. That was his older brother too. In the movie, yeah. that was they played. You know, well, the funny thing is, like, yeah, yeah. the funny thing is, his son, Damon's son, who is an actor now, um, he was in the movie, but a young version of him in the beginning of the movie. So that's, oh, that's wow, cool. yeah. So how the families look alike? Yeah, they Shit. look like twins. <laughs> yeah, uh, J. Rob pointed out that like he said something about um, War Machine earlier. Um, yeah, Marvel Comics decided to kill off War Machine for uh, for pretty much a plot device, and uh, this happened a couple of months ago this year. Yeah, for a Civil War, for, it's like a Civil War two of Marvel Comics. I'll let uh, Jay, uh, you know, dive into the specifics on that. But okay, you mean the crack. I was I was specific, I was quite distraught. I was quite distraught off that shit, man. That was my guy. That was my you, guy. You, you mean the crappy Civil War sequel? Because that's what I call it. It's ridiculous. Marvel, they're going this whole diverse route, which I respect, but um, they're using iconic characters to make a point. Um, due to the fact of all the blacks killings and being killed by police and Black Lives Matter and things like that. They, they made War Machine out to be a martyr, right? To show you that, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? But why kill Yo. a martyr, man? That hey. Is- hey, I ain't gonna show my face on this shit. Man. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I mean, I remember uh, when, when, because I haven't been really truly following comics like flat out. You know, I'm 35 years old. I have this shit to do, like podcasts and stuff. <laughs> but, um, but when uh, that occurred to me, uh, Jay threw it at me. You know, I learned about it when Jay threw me the details. Uh, Jay Rob threw me the details. I was so hurt and distraught because that was my dude. It's like. It's like these folks make these comic book heroes and they have no idea the power they they hold in their hands. But you make these heroes, well, you make these heroes. what is that noise? What is that noise? I, I, Sounds like wrestling and stuff, man. You're putting it into the mic. I right, um when <laughs> Okay, back to this back to the script. Uh when these cats make these heroes and stuff, man, um, they don't understand that they have significance, you know. Um, people follow these heroes, people pay attention to the fine details. People may even like decide um life decisions of these heroes and stuff, you know? Um me, uh for like for those who have not been following the show. I'm a man of military uh, military uh, experience because of characters like War Machine. You know, uh, and now it's like a trope, actually, the military superhero. You know, got John Stewart, one of like the Black Green Lantern, and all these other cats. But real talk, it's like that's a real thing to us because first and foremost, the military was uh, one of the the first integrated institutions. 
of power of that that empowers folks to know how of knowledge of weapon systems and leadership and leadership and warfare so you know the military is pretty pretty beasty man shit so the military superheroes happen first the military yeah, trains you to be great we say what I said the military trains you to be great yeah they train you to lead you know like uh it was a, a scene in iron man 3 where uh it's like around it's like the third the third chapter in the movie and uh and you have you have um don cheeto who's war machine who's the best war machine because don cheeto is my boy but um he's like your guns he says something like is your gun up or something like that and then tony stark just put his gun up after he, he mentioned it it's like he knows how to engage situations without his armor as is is like the military superhero he knows how to he knows how to function or save the day without his superpower so to speak same thing with uh john stewart who is you know you know with, with comic hindsight he's named after of uh after a freaking shares the name of a very prominent uh political social political comedian but uh the black dude john stewart is also the same way He's a military dude. I think he was a Marine, actually. And uh, he's mad beastie, man. And uh, for for them to kill off my dude of Marvel Comics, I'm not a DC dude. I'm a Marvel Comics guy. Marvel Comics fanboy. For them to kill kill off War Machine in the most brutal way, it, it just, it was like this gigantic fuck you <laughs> in my face. It's like, fuck you, Johnny. And I just want to give them a middle finger right back because... <laughs> yeah, we, we we can't like these characters are not just plot devices for white folks you know they're not like you know black characters are not just plot devices for white folks and, and white people really cannot get that out of their heads as a matter of fact they, they're so stuck on that concept that there's a huge amount of white butt hurt on um the fact that that the Luke K show exists as is, and let's talk about a little bit about that. Uh, so, what y'all take on that that one right there? Oh boy, you know what I was about. To, you know what I'm about to say, right? Nah, what are you about to say? Where was all this back? There was no backlash when we Daredevil, right? Where was the hate for Daredevil being whitewashed? Where was the black characters in Daredevil? You know. That's true. I don't think Daredevil even has like a lot of black uh, characters and stuff like that. And uh, one of the things I want to talk about is uh, white defaultness. Afro sapiophile plug. I'm sorry. It's Johnny, the vicious abolitionist you're dealing with. Think about this here. Anyway, um, white defaultness is the thing. It's a concept that I've uh, you know coined, being that how white people think of themselves first and only, as if like. You know, um, it's like okay, if you're if you're a, a writer, or you're a white writer, right, for comic book industry, and you're like thinking of someone like Spider Man. Okay, this guy's gonna be a nerd. He's gonna be he's gonna have these spider powers. He just now he's awkward with girls and stuff like that. We want to make him relatable to the people out there who are nerd geeks and folks who buy our comics. So the first, they're not gonna think to make him white. They're just gonna make him white because of white defaultness. Now, when a black character is made, 
it is it is specifically stated so that this person's black this proves true with any minority character to include female no, when they thought of Jean Grey, they're like, oh, this is going to be a female here. They didn't just automatically just make her fucking female. It's like they they just, they they planned that out. So for a lot of these white characters out there or characters that look white, like say Superman, who is an alien from, from, from another planet, which it makes more sense being that he absorbs his power from the sun. It makes more sense for him to be black. Um, and that's been scientifically proven. Um, at least scientifically theorized, you know, uh, there's white devoutness that we we deal with there. It's another thing out there, and it's like, you know, hey, white dudes, uh, you guys are not the only folks on this planet. As a matter of fact, let's, hey, Jay, hey, Gary, what you got on that? Because my shit is like pretty fierce on that. What do you mean? Um, <laughs> with you. the white response to uh, Luke Cage, um, I mean, it, it, it's. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I remember when I was uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, she's black, and she was telling me she was having a conversation with a coworker. This is when um, that show, um, not Empire, but what's that other show? Scandal come, came out. I don't watch Scandal, but I know about it. Yeah, and, I watch uh, it. And uh, you know, the lead is is a black woman. She was like, I, I she's, I think, I think her, her, Kerry Washington. Her, yeah, Kerry Washington. She. she Kerry Washington, she, she, her coworker had asked her what well, said in the town of passing. She said, you know, I, I just don't understand why they felt that they had to make her character black. And it was just kind of like they didn't, but they just did. Like, it, it, it why even complain about it? it because you're Washington, not, you're not when you're not used when you're not used to seeing yourself on TV. Like, when, like when you're used to seeing yourself all the time and you don't see yourself on TV, it's weird to you. When you when you when you you're always on TV as a white person, you always see people with main characters the color of your skin. It's that's if you don't, it's just weird to you. You, you don't understand. Yeah. It. You have the question. But the thing is, though, is that they're not. It's not weird to them when they see like a Bruce Lee flick, and I sit there ask themselves, "How come? Where's the white dude in a Bruce Lee flick? Or where's the white dude in a oh, uh, in a Hong well, Kong well. cinema Jackie Chan Jet Li joint?" But when it's uh, sent around blackness or black people, they want to like ask these questions and shit like that. And it's, it's not even really asking questions. It's a, it, it is a white privilege flex. Well, not necessarily because uh, they they have a, that new. I don't know if you've seen it. They have a trailer for like this new movie based on Bruce Lee coming out. And it's basically at, from the perspective of a white guy, you know, <laughs> like one of his quote unquote students or whatever. But it's, it, it, but it's, it, it's not even not supposed to be help them well. It doesn't, not, <laughs> it's, it's not even supposed to be about this white guy. It's supposed to be about Bruce, but they're like not. They're like showing it from this white dude's perspective, and it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. And I think and, and think about it, like even with like Jet Li movies and stuff like that, the ones that are over here, the ones that um, not not imported. And Doug, I'm talking about the ones he made. Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood. Movies, yeah. The ones he made in Hollywood, they're all surrounded by white people. Like his either his wife is white or something like that, or he's fighting white people. So, <laughs> well, fighting white people might be the thing though, because you know they got a lot of villains as that is unspoken of. But um, but yeah, though, like you know, when someone sees something like you know Bruce Lee, Game of Death, Enter the Dragon, whatever else. No one's sitting there is like, man, where's white folks at? You see one Luke Cage movie show, TV show, and folks want to be like, what's white cats? And it's like, well, Scarf was white. He's uh, one of the uh, he's one of the gray area characters up in there, not trying to spoil stuff. He's one of the gray area characters uh, of the uh, TV show. You have um, my homeboy who plays a brilliant character named Shades. 
he's actually Italian and um, he plays a Puerto Rican character, but he's actually Italian nude. So there's another white dude right there, depending on your uh, on your proximity of whiteness, you know, because Latin news can slide in and out of that. So um, that's not the first time he's played a, a Puerto Rican. So he's played a he played a Puerto Rican. He played a Juice in uh, Sons of Anarchy. And I thought he was really Puerto Rican. No, no, you said <laughs> no, no. Okay, so you played a character named Juice. Yeah, because I'm like, he if he was character. in Juice, I'm like, hold up, who? Nah, nah, he, nah, he plays a character named Juice in all <laughs> in, in every season of Sons of Anarchy. Okay, okay all right. Um, he played in a unit as his near this rapist dude. And I was like, you're really weird. So I saw his face. I'm like, oh, this is a creepy looking ass dude here. And um, he's a damn good actor, man. His man, character what? Shades. Shades was brilliant. I mean, he's brilliant, was, man. But my goodness, man, to see him live like that, to see his character fleshed out beyond a drawing and a words in a bubble. I mean, my goodness. Young Shades, man. Oh my God, he is too good. Um, yeah. if anything, as far as wishes or wishful thinking, don't kill him. They they can't kill him. He's right. too he's too good. They can't kill him. There's folks that have not been killed and fucking on the wire. So do the same thing. Lock the youngin up in the future or not, or something like that. But don't kill don't kill him. Don't make it so we can't see this guy operate again, or at least if you were to do so that uh it, it's credit it's category like uh stupid. So don't kill that young man. You wanna you wanna throw justice at him? Lock his ass up so we have the ability to perhaps maybe maybe see his ass again. Cause shades is way too good. How about um how about homegirl, the black the the black lady? Homegirl chick. She she looked like uh, that one actor, but that's not her. Is it's like another just another chick. Name is like her name is Al, Alfred Alfreda something else. I thought oh, that was, oh, I thought it was oh Alfre um, Woodard. Yeah, because I thought that was homegirl off of uh, Civil War and uh, and uh, you know the joint DC Comics and all the other good stuff. She has oh, Amanda Waller. <laughs> the infamous the infamous Black Mariah. You know, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, what's her name though? Uh, the actual actress, uh, the black chick who's getting a whole lot of shine right now, like like a little bit older. She's a little bit older black chick getting a lot of shine. She started yeah. this, this movie with Jen- Jennifer Lopez called uh, Lila and Eve or something like that. It's pretty beast, damn good ass movie. So it's not Alfred Woodard. You're not talking about black. No, no, no. Alfredo Al- Alfredo Woodard is um is actually um. Black Mariah, you know, that's her, but when I first saw it, I thought it was the other uh, character. I thought, I, don't know, I thought it was the other actress. Okay. And I, I'm going to look, search right now, so I need y'all to fill in the blanks while I search this on the internet here. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, Misty Knight. Ooh, she is fine as shit. And she's an amazing actress. And, um, if you're listening, uh, actress for Missy Knight, uh, holler. <laughs> <laughs> the number for the show is 202-854-1996. Right. How'd you get a DC number? <laughs> I need out here. 
Okay, uh, I'll throw that plug in. Um, on uh, far as the, like uh, the internet thing goes, on Google, this thing called Google Voices, you can establish a phone number for uh, for yourself on Google that folks can call in, and that is also the um, number that I entice and I suggest folks to call in when they're calling in on the show. Okay. So if you want to call on call in on the show, you're gonna call 202-854-1996. And maybe uh, you can you can text or call. But if you call, I will feature your voice on the t- on the show. And um, that you know, I imagine that you are either you're calling about in like a previous podcast, which is happens the most, or you're calling about um, the website, Afrosapio File. So, you know, one for a little plug in early and how it exists. So, okay. Um, her name, the actress, is Simone Missick, and she's actually. Uh, if you actually um, go on YouTube and search uh, Mike Coulter interview for the Breakfast Club, you'll see he'll you'll, you'll hear him talk about how they found her because she's actually an up and coming actress, um, very very talented. Um, uh, there's not enough I can say about what she sets for the black female as far as in a role of being a police officer, something that you don't see every day. I mean, it's in shows, it's there, but just to be so prominent is just, I'm proud. I'm proud, okay? Proud to see you. I, I really like her. And then, and like, when, I like to give a big shout out to Luke Cage's uh, flavor as far as black chicks, because he likes the black chicks I like. You know, and uh, there's a character in the, in the TV show, I'm not trying to throw in spoilers, but um, it's a character in the TV show or the show that says something about, oh, you're the type that Luke Cage like, that, that tight frame, frizzled hair. And I'm like, I like the tight frame, frizzled hair shit. That's totally me. That's totally me. He's going to eventually get with uh, Jessica Jones. But, uh, I mean, he's already kind of got with her. But but the actress who played Missy Knight, they actually are interested. Is she interested in exploring the relationship between Misty and and Danny Rand, which is Iron Fist, which is coming out? She says, of course, like, you know. And which I think would be funny because Danny, Danny, and Luca are supposed to end up being kind of like best friends. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, in, in this case, is in the original case, I don't think that I don't think Luke slept with Misty. You know, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought uh, Alfreda. I thought that was uh, Viola Davis. That's the chick I was looking at. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I first saw her. I was like, oh shit, they got Viola Davis in this show too. Then she's like all over the place. So she was in. The, she was in a. Um, you know, Civil War, Captain America three, and now she's uh, you know, so I'm like, Marvel's kind of fucking up, but not like, nah, it's a new ass character shit. I did mix up uh, Viola Davis and Al- and Alfreda. Um, God bless my fault, my bad, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of caught me too. I thought I thought she was, uh, I thought I was fooled. I was fooled. Yeah, Alfre is amazing. She is. Looking at her uh, internet database photo, that that the the monochrome shot of her with the with that frizzled hair and tight frame that I go for, and as a, the photographer guy, the photographer nerd on this show, that is an amazing photograph. And now she's a little a 1952 from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll still dig them guts out. And that photo right there, I would. I don't care. <laughs> You're like a few years older than my mom. I'll, I'll, I'll tear them nuts up. I don't care. Give me a sec. I'll be right back. 
<laughs> All right. As I wish I can take the same break because I'm out of drink. But yeah, um, Alfred Wood, I, I thought that was Viola Davis, but nah, this is Alfred Wooder, and she does an amazing job. They need to sincere, sincerely, they need to um, give her more work. And of course, you know, Hollywood, Black Hollywood, especially, we don't get a whole lot of shine. As a matter of fact, there's this uh, one black, uh, the black chick in the, on the on the TV show. She shows up to Luke Cage. He like she points his finger in his face, like, "Hey, better give back. You need to find my daddy's ring again, man." I hit her like I said something on Twitter and about her character, and the actress hit me up on Twitter back, showing much love. I'm like, man, I wish that she was. I mean, I wish she's a reoccurring character in Luke Cage because she's so fucking awesome. She she's awesome and she's oh so fine. Like yeah, she's she's ever so fine. Ever so fine. Man. Um, that was beautiful, man. She you know what she she gave me a Foxy Brown vibe. Man. Yeah. Uh, we gotta we gotta see more of these black women in um these roles, you know, different black women. There because there's no, there's more black actresses out there than uh what, what's that? Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Uh, Gabriel Union and Kerry Washington. No, you know Kerry what I mean? She's, trying to, she's scooping. I mean, God bless. Uh, look, uh, I, I support all these black actors and actresses out there, but Kerry Washington, baby, baby girl, you know, darling, Miss um, Washington, you were trying to scoop these Scooby Snacks, making a show, like being on a show that's built on, um, you know, fuck some white president guy. Took some white president's dick. It, it, it it's not it's it don't it don't feel too good, you know. I love. I mean, I actually do like Scandal, and we'll talk about this that that show later on down the line. Another uh, hashtag Black Oscars pod, you know, uh, t- you know episode. But I like Scandal, but for the most part, it's mad garbage on the fact that that is so centered on a black chick. Uh, it's so instrumental that a black chick sucks a white man's dick to get to get by, and she's like a very powerful character on this TV show. But she's all over a white man's dick, you know. So, so to find, you know, these other characters in this Luke Cage show that is not like on, on not on this scandal shit, it feels really good to see this stuff, man. God bless, man. It, it feels really good to see this type of thing, type of thing going on. Yep. Yeah. But speaking of which, uh, let's talk about the fact that. Um, you know, folks like looked into the character, the, the actor of uh, Luke Cage, and uh, Mike Mike Coulter, and they're like, you know, like and there's a lot of uh, black women who are um, deeply, dist- and they are quite distraught on the fact that he has a white wife. Um, what is y'all? What is y'all take on that? If I may ask. Um. Here's the thing. Uh, when you like, like I said before, I've I really looked at a uh, interview that Mike Coulter recently had on YouTube, and um, the Breakfast Club one. Yeah, the Breakfast Club. And, yeah, I saw that one too. And he talked about that. He said that if he doesn't look at a woman as far as based on her color. He looks at a woman based on her character. I mean, this this white woman that's been behind Mike when he had nothing. I mean, dude was homeless. He was trying to get a job. He was in that that program, like um, in D.C. It's called Project Empowerment, where they 
but it, and he was in uh, different like work study and things like that. And um, she was just behind him. She was motivating him, and uh, he didn't really look at her color. He looked at her content of character. And I can respect or, that. Or rather, she looked into his. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She looked into his. She looked, if you see a picture, and it's so hilarious, man, a picture of Mike Coulter and his wife. Uh, I really should know her name, but she, she's also the talent relations for uh, Netflix or whatever. So you can see how. But anyway, but um, <laughs> she she looks up at Mike Coulter like he's the greatest man ever. You know? <laughs> and that's how your woman, whether regardless of whether she's black, white, Hispanic, that's how you should look up to your man. Like he's the greatest. And, yeah, and I'm, well, as the man provides such to to look up to. Exactly. Yes, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I I had been on a. Um, I think I, I was reading one of my friends' Facebook posts. You know, he had posted that, you know, some that people are, how people are feeling bad about it. And a couple of girls, like, you know, black girls was like, I was so hurt that he was with a white woman. I'm like, why? I mean, because it, because even if he was married to a black woman, it's like, he ain't with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like they feel like they by being with a black woman, they're some kind of, they're there because she's black and they're black it's like she, he's there yeah, it's worse than that because sometimes like uh with kendrick lamar happened like like last year or a couple of years back why not um the girl's a light-skinned black chick dark-skinned black chicks get upset about that shit yeah. <laughs> it's a problem in the black community we, we yeah. i mean i mean i can see why so i can't really down it because from where we've come from to where we are now, um, it's a lot of self. It's a lot of self hate, and it's it's it's, 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 it's kind of a disease. But we're, we're getting better at it, though. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's put it out there that just because um, the 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 existence of self hate does not mean that everybody is self hating because they date or marry someone else who's not black. Number two, right. another point would be just because someone who dates or marries someone who is not black doesn't mean that they don't date black folks. Let's allow them to, which uh, a lot of these ignorant ass niggas would flat out do. And I don't use that word that much, but a lot of these ignorant niggas will fucking do. They'll flat out tell you that they don't date black women. So with that being said, maybe what we should do is allow them to tell to speak their peace or speak their violence, you know, in this case. And um, before we judge them, before we judge them, we let them speak their fucking violence before we judge them. Because these ignorant motherfuckers will do that shit. They do that shit proudly. I know a lot of these get. I know a lot of these cats, man. I I, I document and and critique this shit. This this self hatred. That's what it is. I critique it. You know. So so if that is the charge, let the man be found guilty by his own hand by 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 actual evidence because I, i've been in, I, I remember I, i've seen i've seen times where you talk to a white chick and all the ladies be like oh you don't like black women it's like no i do like black women but this is shit i'm talking to her. i mean i like i mean everybody and um things don't work i mean hey, i'm not married now so i mean obviously shit didn't work so um ladies who seen the, the white chick whatnot, they'd be like, hey, uh, 
You know, you're like, oh, you're trying to talk to black chicks now, huh? Uh, uh, uh. I'm like, but it's, it wasn't like that. I didn't like stop liking black women when I was talking to the black, the white lady or the Asian lady or whatnot. I still love black women. I still support black women. And another thing about that, let's talk about the support. Um, the support can come far from a, from a distance. Um, a, a while back ago, I was attacked being that, being that I'm not married, it's really easy to pull that off. Um, well, he don't have a black girl. No, he 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 don't support black women. He don't have a black woman. And it's like um, I I can't help that that I'm very picky who I select to marry, have children, and spend the rest of my time with. You know, with that being said, um, I can only marry one woman. And with that being said, it is uh, quite possible for a man to marry one black woman and shit on the rest. And when you question them on that shit, they like, but I'm married to a black girl, though. I see a whole lot of that. So let's be real, man. Um, just because you marry one black woman doesn't mean you support black women as a whole. One man, one versus women, many, you know, yeah. the rest. So just because you marry a black chick doesn't mean you support black women. You know, and these people will tell themselves their actions speak for themselves. Real talk. So. Hey. For those black women that are a bit upset, I can understand being upset about it. I mean, some black men were, I mean, we're not exactly, we're not, it's not the same level of butthurt, but when Halle Berry sucks a white man's dick and all this other shit and Carrie Washington on Scandal, like showing on, on TV and all this other shit, it kind of hurts the feelings. It kind of tugs at heartstrings, but I will allow, I, I, would, I would hope that, I would wait until the person speaks on it or show themselves because that is the proof. Their ideology concerning is the proof, not them just being with someone who's not black. That's my take on it. <clears throat> I heard a long ass inhale or exhale. So let's talk about the future to come, man. Um, so looking at looking back on Blue, Luke Cage, um, he's an amazing black superhero. You know that I wish we can get that from many other black superheroes. But he's a street he's a street hero, so it's easy to make a TV show off of him because after The Wire came out, you know Marvel Comics figured out how to make their street heroes work. Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, you know just Jessica Jones. Um, so the future to come with black heroes, Luke Cage, and the rest. Um, what's your take on that? Um, you know, it's, it's on the rise. I mean, we are in an era where a lot of the characters that we've read in the past, like you, like the War Machines, the Black Panthers, Luke Cage, um, the Icons, the what's, what's the other guy's name? The uh, uh, you remember that whole uh, what was that uh, comic book with a bunch of minority heroes that DC did? Um, why, uh, I didn't know about that. You know, uh, Gary. Gary knows what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, the, the, we now are in an era where we can now appreciate and we can see these characters on the big screen, and black people, white people, even Hispanics, we can look at these movies and TV shows and appreciate them. The core right. the fans, not, you know, not the racists, you know, I'm talking yeah. about the fans. 
we appreciate. There's a lot of white people I know and that I that I talk to on the forums, and we they love Luke Cage. They say it's one of the best Netflix shows. As you can see, it crashed Netflix. So this is just it the beginning. Broke Netflix, yeah. Crashed the server. I mean, come on. This is only the beginning, and I'm excited. You know. Um, right. I think it's kind of like uh, how how folks, you know, see the black women. Like, you know, uh, one of the things that like you know, listen to and talk to a lot of black ladies. Um, there's a lot of things that, that it's a lot of controversy that surrounds their hair. So, um, there's this Eurocentricity that is attached to having straight, long, 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 stringy hair that black women do, and um, a lot of folks, especially white folks, they they prefer the black women have their natural hair. And this is from black woman I'm getting this from. I'm not making this up out of nowhere. Um, myself, I like the frizzled stuff, so the frizzy hair. So cornrow that shit, braid it, then take the braids out. That is, I will I will marry you. Anyway, um, anyway, uh, the, <laughs> the, there's this look, there's this like, where's natural black people? So when it comes to the black man, people really do want to see the black man. So when they see someone like Luke Cage, it seems very natural. And um, like, there's there's this hunger for it. Not just from, not just from black people, white people too. The same way, like, I remember, uh, I knew this one girl in Atlanta, beautiful dark-skinned woman, beautiful, like Andrea, she was amazing. Wow, anyway. You was reminiscent for a second. You, you, yes, I, sh- I sure enough was. Now, <laughs> with homegirl, she told me that she worked in this four-star restaurant, so you get a lot of people there. So you told me that that when she had her uh, when she had her stuff straightened out and looking long and stuff like that, and she's still mad fine doing that too. She was like, you know, I'll get all the players and ballers and all this other stuff, but when I had like the afro or know the natural look she'll get all the uh she was at her words her words beautiful words her words i would get the andre 3000s i'll get the commons that's what she said you know and which also includes white dudes shit like that so even white like when you have a black woman who straightens her hair all the time the black woman who has her hair natural will get more white dudes you know than engaging in eurocentric values I think this, I think the same thing applies to black men, where um, you have a black character like Luke, a black man character like Luke Cage. Folks want to see the real black man. They don't want to see the tertiary character, the half-written character, the character that's attached to a white dude, whatever else, attached to authority, to white authority. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, War Machine and uh, Black Falcon, they're attached to white authority in some which way, shape, or form. You know, you can look at that being that they're military characters, or look at it being that um, they're attached to their their white white best friend characters. Like this guy is the black best friend of this. He's the black best friend of that. Luke Cage does not boast any such. He's Luke Cage, you know, and I think that's a beautiful thing. I think a lot of people looking at that. And uh, with that being said, white folks, if you're listening to this. Whiteness, as I as I state, if you're listening to this, um, you'll be really upset with uh, <laughs> the Black Panther movies coming out next year, and whatnot. 
mad upset about that. And it's deeply unfortunate that we can't grasp the fact that we exist as black people. We exist. We can't erase us. And yeah. Black Panther is happening. So what's y'all take on that? Uh, I just feel like we're going in this, this evolution towards... Um, we're still going to have opposition, but we're, we're having this... Uh, we just basically get ready. We get ready for you know, for for uh, for, our, for us to be on TV more. Us being roles that you know and, and in positions where we should be, you know, um, as you know, just 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 as American as the white people, you know, integrating this country. If there's a movie, we shouldn't we shouldn't worry about what we're expecting to see as white or black. You know, we we get good representation at this point. You know, we have a we have a king coming. And his name is T'Challa, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jay, what's your thoughts? Imagine that a black king, man. I'm blown away. And, you know, when I have children one day, they're going to see that. And they're going to be proud, you know, that um, a piece of their heritage um, is shown on a big screen. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're, we're, man, you know, what I mean? right. Yeah. Yeah. Homegirl, or her name is Simone Messick. That's the cop chick off of uh, Luke Cage. And she, Missy Knight, yeah. Simone Messick, she, if you're listening to this show, please hit me up because, yeah, uh, you know, if if you're lonely, you know, hit me up. Um, Karen Pittman, she's a black woman, a lovely black woman who is her boss, who looks strangely like her twin on the TV show. She looks like her twin sister on the TV show. Karen Pittman is her boss. And, uh, you know, a big shout out to you. So- Sonia Sohn, she's uh, the bigger cop boss who's off. You might recognize her face off the wire. She's on uh, Luke Cage, too, and uh, bless her heart as well. And then uh, my homegirl, Ninja N. DeVoe. That's the, uh, that one chick that was, like, pointing her finger in, in uh, Luke Cage's face, like, get my daddy's ring back. Ninja, oh, yeah, 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 like you know, we we talked a little bit on Twitter. Um, I'd like to give a shout out. This uh, episode is dedicated to you, you little, and I uh, hope that uh, you know you, your little young fine self, you uh, get more and more parts and roles. I hope that you're a reoccurring character on the Luke Cage show. And God bless. You have any uh, last things to throw out, throw in concerning this TV show, this, this episode? Okay, yeah. Um, all my people and you know, all people of the United States of America, all over the world, please check out Luke Cage on Netflix. It's a beautiful show. Do not discard it. Um, and I'm excited for Iron Picture next year. You know, I'm geeking out right now. This to me is an, uh, going to be is an amazing year 2016 into 2017. The Defenders, I mean, Heroes for Hire. Man, what they need to do is they need to do a Heroes for Hire Netflix show. That has to be, I mean, it could come after Defenders. Maybe Luke Cage and Iron Fist need some money or something. <laughs> yeah. Do the superhero thing, but it needs to happen. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Luke Cage issue number one came out this week. Or should I say, week passed. Go, go out and cop it. You know, Luke Cage, number one, he's coming back. 
It came out? Oh, I forgot about that. All right. <laughs> I'm picking it up tomorrow, though. I'm going to get okay, it. Okay, okay. I'm going to get two. Get one for you, Okay. Two. And, and, All right, you know, bet. That's the bet. Nice. Too, I'll pick you one up for you too, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Okami, what you got? Uh, I'm just going to like piggyback off of what J. Rob says. Um, you know, um, you should check out Luke Cage. I think anybody who's a, a comic aficionado should uh, should go back and look for. I think it was Black Panther Volume Three, uh, issue number fifty. Look up Casper Cole. Uh, look at his story. It's pretty interesting. It's a good read. It's not very. It's it's kind of in the vein of Luke Cage, where it's very ingrained in like an urban. It's like a it's a really good like miss like a, a procedural kind of cop thing with with a with a with the vigilante twist on it. But it's from like an urban standpoint. You know, a young uh, black kid. Well, he's mixed. His name's uh, they call him Casper Cole. His name is Kevin Cole. They call him Casper because he's his skin's so white. You know, that's a hood thing. You know, I see. Yeah, yeah, little, little nickname. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think people should check that out. Um, the um the, the the Luke Cage comic book number one that's coming out. It's not the Marvel Max one. Um, the one that J. Rob was talking about. It's it's based off of um uh, it's the art style. If anyone who knows anything about um uh Samurai Jack, it's from the art of the creator of that. So it has that cartoony style to it. So it's gonna be real interesting and, and really good read. Um, so I think people should check that out. Um, yeah, man. Like uh, keep keep checking out Michael Jockey. Checking out movies, check them drinks out. So apparently he's doing another. Um, what's the movie called? Uh, Never back down. I think he's doing another one. So check that out. <laughs> always making. Like, yeah, he's always making movies. I respect him. He stays in good shape and he's putting out action movies. And you know, and and I think a lot of times, I mean, B movies don't necessarily mean bad movies. They're just be, you know, they just don't have a high budget. So I think yeah, check, that, check those out too. Exactly, I feel you on that. Yeah. We need to talk about the we, we need to talk about these action flicks. As a matter of fact, maybe that'll be the next episode. We'll talk about uh these uh martial arts action flicks. Yeah. 90s and beyond. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna get that one in. Nice um, good good one, good one, uh Okami. All right, so um like before I end this, I'll say a uh, uh, big shout out to uh, Kazi Ian Kazi. He was not here for this show, but he's a part of it. So uh, much love to him. Um, so it's about that time. Thanks for joining us. Before you leave, if you like what you heard, click the like and subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you go for your podcast. Do not let this be the last time we hear from you or you hear from us. Follow us on Facebook and Afro Sapio File. If you want to be heard, you can always leave a voice message at 202-854-1996. 202-854-1996. Last but not least, be sure to check us out at afrosapiofile.com for everything Afro Sapio File. This is Johnny Silvercloud, the soul brother number one of a kind, signing out. Peace.